I don't know how to describe it other than like like a demon type of sound. But it's silhouetted, hulking, every bit of five and a half feet wide, 13 to 14 foot tall, pitch black. The one thing that ran through my mind when I had this encounter was I don't have a big enough gun. Your host, two-time witness and field researcher for more than 40 years, William Jevning. Welcome to Creek Devil. Hello everyone, welcome to Bigfoot, America's Creek Devil. We have Forrest and Jessica today, and then Chuck has something for us when uh, we're finished with that. So Tom, do you want to uh, step in here? Yeah, absolutely. So again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, I'm glad you made it this far, the first 10 or 15 seconds, actually five seconds into the show. And uh, it's going to be a real good one today. Uh, Jessica has some pretty amazing um, updates, and Chuck does as well. So if you like the show and you want to help us out, it's free. It doesn't cost you a dime. Click the like and the subscribe button if you haven't subscribed already. And uh, share it. Share it with your friends. Get the, get the word out there. And if you want to take it a step further, you can do that. You can become a Patreon. You can become a member of Creek Devil on YouTube. We have a, a link in the description. And you can actually become a member for as little as a dollar a month. You just click on it and make a pledge. And some people do more than that. But uh, we want to make it easy for you. With that said, hand it back to Will. All right, Jessica, um, uh, Forrest says you have some updates for us. Well, I don't know what she's told you, so I'll start from my point of view on the incident we had together. Where we were driving back to our house after doing laundry and smack dab in the middle of the road on one of the curves. We actually had just looked over to the side of the road on the opposite side of where it had come from because one of our signs was actually turned sideways. This is one of the, the street signs. It's actually a deer crossing sign that they have on the road. So I was, we were looking at that. It's like, how the hell did that get turned <laughs> turned sideways? Those things are not low to the ground where someone can easily move them. I looked back over just past the the deer sign, and there is a big something in the middle of the road. Like, oh hell, what what the hell is that? Okay, don't hit it, don't hit it, don't hit it. I'm in a Chevy Silverado. This is not a small truck. That thing was at least as tall as my my tires. At a minimum. And this was crouching down, huddled in a ball, it looks like. So if I hit that thing, I would have totaled my truck. No questions asked. That is not something you want to hit. So we passed it. So I didn't get a, a solid look at it. But we turned back around and it had moved. So it's like, okay. It wasn't a deer. wasn't a wild pig. Because it's too short. Lengthwise to be that. Since it Honestly, it was like a boulder in the middle of the road. Boulders don't move. We don't have any hills big enough to make a boulder to put in the middle of the road. So we had come in, and Kay had saw it. Actually, after we turned around, she had saw it in the ditch jumping over into her, her pasture. At that time, we were just a little bit freaked out. So we still had to get out of the truck to go in the house. So we had pulled in to the gate, opened it up, came in, ran into the house. We are not staying 
out there. No weapons, no nothing. Leave the gate open, we'll just come in the house. Because that's the first time I've ever, ever actually physically saw one. Don't want to see one again. That was scary. I know there was things around here. It was like, you know, those cedar trees that we have, they are not easily broken. And we've had, I've seen them twisted and bent towards the ground. Nope. Nothing human can do that. (laughs) So it's like, I know things have been around here. Jessica, this is Chuck. I got, I got hey. a question. Two questions, real quick. Uh, could you tell what color it was? No, all I could tell it was dark. By the time I, I'd, I'd seen it, I, I was like, I was more focused on the road, making sure I didn't hit it. Okay. So it was extremely dark. I would say either a dark brown or a black was would be my guess. Just because, like, it didn't stand out against the road like anything of a different color would. Okay. Uh, the other question is, what was your what was your take on on Bigfoot before this episode happened? I mean, was you did you believe in them or or did you just kind of blow it off? Uh, I believe there was something around here. Because, as I said, even before this incident, there are things that have happened that are just not capable for a human to do at all. Because I've seen the twisted limbs all over the property. It's like nothing human can do that. And we have seen footprints before this incident too. So I, we've seen the stuff, but I'd never seen it with my own eyes. I knew there was something because normal people, even Native Americans and it's like, at least in Texas, do not walk around barefoot. Even so it's like, you just don't walk around barefoot because we have too many things that can stick you, that will get stuck in your foot. So people don't walk around through a pasture without shoes on. So I've seen barefoot foot prints and the dirt around here. Like, no, nothing n- normal will do that. Because we have mesquite, we have cactus. And it's like, these things are not not something you want stuck in your foot. Or even you're just brushing up your, against your arm. Not something you want. So I, I knew something was out here. Hey, Jessica, this is Tom. I got a couple of quick questions for you. So now this wasn't uh, this thing in the middle of the road, it was evening time when you saw it, right? It was dark out? It was about 11 o'clock at night. Okay. So you hit it with your headlights, you know, figuratively speaking. The headlights lit it up. And um, so this wasn't one of the central Texas uh, wild chimpanzees that just kind of run around or, <laughs> you know, I'm being no. facetious, right? Yeah. It's nothing. Okay. It was like it nothing that's not a, part of the. Yeah, it's not part of your natural wildlife out there. You said it looked like a boulder in the middle of the road, but um, was it? Could you discern the hair on it? Could you discern a shape? I know Forrest said her best description was a chimpanzee sitting in the road. Um you know, maybe three feet tall. What, what, what's your take? Could you see the hair on it? I, once, once I saw it, I wasn't focused on it because it was one of those, okay, 
get to the side of the road. Don't go too far where I hit the signs. But stay far enough away. If it doesn't right. bolt, I have enough time to move either direction. That way I don't hit it. Yeah. Now, one fascinating thing you said, I didn't realize that you've seen footprints in the ground. Uh, this is on, on the property there? Yeah. We and it's like we would have gotten pictures of it, but when we were gathered around it, the dog decided it wanted to run right through a perfect print image of well, the dam. Of course, right. <laughs> so it was like because it's like it's right there because it was actually up and where we turn around in the drop round to go back out, and it's like oh that. That's not normal. So me, Forrest, and one of our friends had all gathered around it, and the dog was out. She ran straight through the middle of the print, straight through the middle of us. So destroyed the print in the process. Yeah. Well, you know, what can you do? What was your... When you saw the print, because I remember when I saw my first footprint in the wild, and there's one thing when you intellectually believe and intellectually are convinced that these things exist, it's a whole nother thing. It changes. It moves from the brain to the heart when you see physical evidence, especially a footprint or you see the creature. Um, can you describe to us how you felt? When you saw, first saw a footprint, my first thing was what the hell, because <laughs> it was actually it was up near our well where we get where I turn on the water. So I was like, shit, that's close, because <laughs> that's a couple of couple of yards away from from the house. <laughs> So it's not one of those, it's out in the wild, it's, it's in your yard. It's close enough to, if you were actually living in town, it would be right outside your door, kind of. Like, okay, that's not a, not a human print, because that's too big. And like I said earlier, there is no way someone is going to be walking around Texas barefoot. Right. Yeah. Especially when you have mesquite. Well, I can't imagine. I mean, I love stepping on. I've sat on cactus before. It's extremely unpleasant. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I haven't had it on my feet. I want to keep it that way. But, um, yeah, it's a whole different thing, isn't it? When you actually see a footprint, especially for the first time. And you go, wow, this is uh, this is reality. And I can't imagine, you know, when I saw one, it was, you know, gosh, miles, miles and miles from my house. I was out in the middle of the wilderness. But I can't imagine seeing one on your property right there. That's got to be a little unnerving. What is that kind of how you felt? Yeah. Especially since sometimes I feed a little bit later if stuff has happened. So it's like, okay, if I was here closer to dusk, that that thing could have, it's like, where the hell is that thing? Because it ain't. And it's like, there's a lot of places to hide around here. Luckily, well, yeah, long you ago. mentioned the cedars. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. That's like, luckily, where the print was, there's not very much around it, but just past the house is a grove of cedars. And across the street, there's a nice little oak forest or grove. 
So it's like, okay, you go one way, there's cedars. If you go the other way, there's oak. And they're both fairly close. Mm-hmm. Jessica, this is David. Um, whenever you've been out there late sometimes or, or early evening feeding the animals, did you ever get a sense that you were like being watched or anything before you ever saw one? No, not really. But mainly because usually if I'm out late, I have another person with me. That way we can get it done faster. Usually it's my dad or or my brother if it's really late because it's like, okay, we got to get this done fast. So there'll be like three of us all out here walking around. So it it makes them a little bit more spooked saying, okay, that's too much activity. Right. Well, Jessica, you've, you've experienced some other things since you've been there. Is that correct? <laughs> God, let's see. I'm shaking the doors. <laughs> Testing the doors on the house. Luckily, we have the, the alarm on the, that spooked them now. They really haven't been testing it anymore. Yes, we've had a week and a half since we've had any problems. Well, it's been longer than that, about two weeks since we've had any problems. Yeah. But I know we've seen little hides out in the cedar trees where they've watched watched us or watched the animals. You mean up in the trees? No. If you go up high in the cedar trees, you can't see anything at all. But they've actually made a bed down at the bottom of the trees where all the branches are a little bit farther apart. So they actually have made a nice nest where they you can actually see someone's laid down and made themselves comfy. Uh, it's like no branches or anything in it. Just, just, just a clear bottom. view. Yeah, where they can actually just lay down and you can't see them, but they can see you. Because it gets dark in those cedar trees. Especially if you don't, it's like there's no moon or even if there is a full moon. It's like you can't see anything under those trees. Hmm. So it can be bright as hell outside and once you go in those trees, it's it's dim. So if you don't have full sunlight, you can't see anything. And even when you have full sunlight, Whoa. you can. It's still dark. It's just not as dark. Well, Jessica, that's the time to go out there. When it's dark, climb on in those cedars <laughs> with a little flashlight. Take a look around. See what you see. No? I'll you over. <laughs> yeah. I'll be right if you want to go out there, we'll, we'll, we'll be glad to watch from the safety of the house while you go wander around in the cedar <laughs> I've already oh, had come one. On. It'll be cat. fun. <laughs> Like, Party at I've Forest. already had to wander those trees <laughs> looking for cats. I'm not doing it purposely looking for the Bigfoot. Mm. No. <laughs> it spooked the hell out of me when I had to chase a cat down through them. <laughs> and how many, uh, this has nothing to do with Bigfoot, but um, how many cats are out there, roughly? <laughs> how many cats do we have outside? Yeah. There's only uh, the barn cats. There's what eight of them. No, no, no. Six, 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 six. And then I have. Oh. Wow. Uh, and then I have what we have four that stay up here at the house that never come in, and uh, they they get under the house, and, and then one Bootsy he has a. Um, with a PEC, can you hear me okay? Because uh, I don't know if and you told everybody we're yeah, down no, to one. Yeah, I can hear you. 
Okay. I, I can uh, hear you fine. One so, phone here. Um, but, yeah, we're um, good. Uh, when PEC, which is Pernellis Electric, came through here and cut uh, uh, paths for the uh, new poles that they put in, in the back, uh, through my property, of course, it wasn't just for me. It was for all down the road. Everybody got an extra got extra poles because we had poles that came down during those uh, all that horrible uh, sub-zero weather we had in, what, 2021? Yeah. 2021. Yeah. Yeah, it was 2021 when we had all those sub-zero temperatures and ice and snow and everything, which is totally unusual for us. So um, they they pushed up some cedar back there, and I've got one cat that he goes back there, and he's got a hidey hole in that cedar. And, I mean, nothing could get to him. I mean, coyotes or anything else. I mean, he's got him a place that he goes down in there, and he, he comes out, he eats his supper, and you'll see him out during the day. And then at night, he goes in there, and, uh, he, and he's not seen the rest of the night. So. Um, well, I got a question for both of you guys on the cedars, and uh, because I thought, I don't know, I, I was under the impression that the cedars got mowed down and cut down and all that, but they're still there. Um, two questions. Number one, are the circles still there where the creatures have stomped out an area around the cedars, and have you, have you sensed any additional activity? Uh, in the cedars and when i say additional i'm talking about you know recently you know maybe within the last couple months and um you know maybe uh the cedars might be a great place to put uh some outdoor lighting you know they got those lights that run on solar that are pretty bright so that's actually three questions (laughs) well um actually uh, the, the the circles are still there. When when the uh, guy put up my fence, what he did was he just went around the perimeter. So we've got it pushed back from the the actual fence from about ten feet. Mm. Maybe not even that far. No, because one area it's the cedars are right up. Yeah, right. Up there's one the one area that he didn't do a very good job in, and it's right up there to it. And uh, I actually had another guy that came out, and he actually that's what he specializes in is. Uh, getting rid of the cedar and um i think i told you guys before that you know we used to have cedar choppers all you have to do is just call them up and they come out and and take the uh take the cedars down and pull posts and and they come up for posts i mean i love i mean i've got a round pen that is made completely out of cedar posts i'll have to send you guys a picture of it because everybody goes when they talk about me the horse lady oh you're the lady with the round pen yeah the round pen because my round pen is made out of cedar stakes, and uh, that that'll be there 300 years from now when the um, the stakes will still be up. The rest, the the, the pipe posts that uh, well, they'll still still probably be there. Chuck knows what they are. They're uh, oil filled. They use we use a lot of uh, used oil filled pipe uh, to make uh, fencing out of, and my my paddocks and stuff are all made out of that. And then the pipe, um, the round pen is a uh, pipe supports and then the in, intermediate stuff is in the middle is made out of cedar stakes and that's what all the ranches around here used years and years and years ago and that stuff it will still be there when um you know like i say 300 years from now that cedar just lasts forever so um but uh the, he didn't do a very good job on one corner over here so the cedar comes all the way up so this other guy he has a machine that goes through and it just it literally mulches everything. It just mows everything down. Trees and I didn't, you know, it, whatever size the tree is, it doesn't bother him. So, um, well, anyway. So the so the circles are there. The cedars are there. Yeah. You know what's missing? Tracy, you they need to jump in on this. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, you can do that if you want to, but I think you need to leave some sandwiches out there. And Tracy, if you could send for us a bottle of that special hot sauce you have, you know, I can we'll do that. that out there and see what happens. <laughs> I can do that. Just don't get it on your hands for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. You know what? This is Texas. I bet we got stuff that's even hotter than what you got. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's the hottest yeah. stuff I've ever had, had on me. Uh, we got ghost peppers here. <laughs> You you want to die an early death? You try that. <laughs> no, uh, uh-uh. I don't do that hard no more. 
I'm too I'm too old for that now. When I was younger, I might would have tried it, but no, not no more. Now my stomach can't take it anymore. I used to eat stuff. I I, I told Jessica because she's not a, a real spicy food eater, and I told her when I was younger, I would sit with a can of uh, San Clemente uh, jalapenos, you know, pickled jalapenos, and a little salt shaker, and watch TV and eat them. And uh, my mother would just sit and shake her head. I, I mean, I loved it. And um, I can't do that anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, for us, you could just start, leave a sandwich out there every other day and let them get used to it. And then you leave one of those things. Of course, the only problem is these things are kind of, um, you know, they they got kind of a short fuse and uh, they're temperamental so you don't know what the blowback can be <laughs> it could come on finer barn yeah, I think but i'll be the one me and jessica will be the ones getting the uh <laughs> run in of that so but we haven't had it's been probably the alarm went off the other other night at twelve twenty-two. what night was that that was um, it was wednesday night because you were off yeah yes it was wednesday night it went off at 12.22, and before that, it had been almost a week and a half, and we'd heard nothing. And I, I told I told you, you know, of course, I kept, I, I'm keeping a log, and the, when we first put that out there, like the second or third day, I'd have to go look at my log, but it was at 2.30 in the morning, and all of a sudden, <laughs> the alarm goes off, and I'm telling you what, it's loud. It, it, it I bolted right out of bed, and, it, but... As I got to my bedroom door, it sounded like I had a cow falling off the back porch and stumbling down the back porch. I think I told uh, Dave about this. It was uh, it was absolutely. I, I had to stand here and I chuckled because I thought, uh huh, yeah, <laughs> you, you scared you, didn't it? And um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and then I walked to the uh, the back door, and of course by that time nothing was up there, but. I will say this, and this was something that Jessica and I remarked about last night, literally last night. I have had a cat, and his name's Tex. He's a big, orange, fluffy cat. Now, he does not like to be put up. He will go in and eat his soft food at night with the rest of the cats, and then he will quietly slip back out, and he likes to stay out. Now, where he has always slept for years is on the back porch on the railing, on the flat part of the railing. <clears throat> or on the air conditioner. Yeah, or on the air conditioner. Sometimes in, uh, uh, the window the window unit that I have in there. He would get up there on that. Well, you know what? He doesn't sleep there anymore. He goes down to the barn, and it was night before last. We were uh, both in the kitchen uh, uh, finishing up with supper and everything, and this was early on in the evening, and there was something scratching at the door. And we thought, well, who in the world did we forget somebody outside and they want to come in the house? Jessica opened the door, and it was both my raccoons, Sweetie and uh, Ricky. They were wanting to come in the house, guys. Those raccoons were wanting to come in the house. So I think, and I noticed, too, that the cats, that the other cats that had been uh, periodically sleeping on the back porch, they're not doing it anymore. So uh, I think they're tired of the uh, those critters coming up and um, to the back door too. You know, that's interesting that it would, a a wild animal like a raccoon is going to try to seek safety and shelter uh, in a place that they don't. Well, normally you wouldn't expect them to come into or want to go into, you know, a human's house, except if you got cat food, you know, Tons of videos on that, but yeah, that's interesting that they're changing their behavior, and it's it's almost certainly in response to these creatures. Yeah, well, both these raccoons I rescued as uh, babies. They fell in water tanks, and uh, we rescued them out of the water tanks, and then and raised them up until they got big enough that uh, we'd release them. Because I'm not going to keep something a wild animal like that caged up. So, but they're they're totally habituated. They they come up. Uh, I I just call them by name, and they they will come out of the woods and come eat cat food. And when I put the cat food out at night, and they eat up there with the cats. So, um, but 
anywho, it is what it is. So, Jessica, are you uh, are you a believer now? <laughs> I was a believer before because there was things that I couldn't explain. Okay. Like I know there are things like I don't care how populated the world gets. There are things that we we just can't understand because right. like yeah, we've been all around the world, but. Like these woods that are around here. It's like, you can't constantly be in them. It's like, and the things that live in them, they know the hidey holes. Right. So they can just disappear and you can walk right past them. Hey, Jessica. Oh, absolutely. And I think that happens all the time. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, and, you know, if you can't answer it, great. If you cannot answer, uh, we'll just take a pass on it. But um, can you tell us what is your history? What's your background um, traveling the world? Because I believe you you had an opportunity to do that at one point. And, um, yeah, uh, if you're comfortable with that, uh, fill us in. Well, I was in the military for 13 years. I actually deployed to Afghanistan, and I was in Korea as well, along with a couple of different states in the U.S. But Okay. And can you tell us your MOS, or is that uh, no-go? Military Intelligence Analyst. Okay. Is what I was. Let me, I'm going to take the phone here just a second. One thing she's not telling you, when she took her testing, you know what the military asked her? She's way too, uh, way too um, quiet about this. They asked her to go to West Point. That's how high her rating was. Wow. And yeah. she didn't do it. No, that's... I could kick her fanny, and I tell her all the time, I could kick her <laughs> fanny. Yes, uh, what, they, the military, the military asked her to go to West Point. While I was in basic training, I actually got a letter requesting I apply to West Point while I was at basic. She's way too wow. humble, guys, wow. way too humble. I know, I know. So you took the, um, oh, I don't remember what it's called at AFIS. Uh, maybe Will remembers what it is. They take a kind of an aptitude battery. And I'm assuming you took that, and that's probably when yeah, the ASVAB they test. raised their eyebrows and said, that's right, ASVAB, yeah. 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 Well, that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty, that's good news, That's except that you didn't take them up on it. There's a helper in the background. (laughs) Get involved here. I think the cat has some input on the Bigfoot activity there. He probably does. (laughs) We don't call him ninja for nothing. Yeah. (laughs) The stories they could tell. Huh? The stories they could tell. Oh, boy. Him and Elizabeth, don't you know? Yeah. Chuck, you're absolutely right. I've often wished I could interview these cats and see what the deal is. You know, they see stuff. Right. The fact that they can see in the dark so much better than we can means they'll actually be able to tell. It's like, see what we can't. Like, there's something there. They, They stare out the window all the time. Staring out, we can't tell what the hell they're staring at. It's yeah. dark out there. When when they're they're real, when the cat's attitudes change around here, and I think I told y'all before because we had uh, that's what alerted me to something being out the window one time. Uh, when I had the window open, was the fact that I was sitting in my chair and I looked over and I saw um, it was Ninja. That as a matter of fact, it was Ninja that uh, was sitting in the window looking out. And uh, he doesn't. I mean, he's not allowed to go outside anymore because he's he's got a, he's got a little age on him, and uh, 
He's got some kidney problems, so he doesn't go outside anymore. So he kind of sits at the window and wishes he was still outside. But um, or maybe he doesn't wish he was still outside. I don't know. But he was what alerted me to the uh, that there was something at the window. And then, um, and I may have been on the phone with you, Chuck, that time. I know there's been a couple times that I've had I had uh, something come to the window once when uh, uh, Lagatha alerted to it, and then once when Ninja did, and it was like. We've learned to watch the cats and the reaction. And I could have killed Jessica the other night. It was about a week and a half ago. She was over looking for, who was it we were looking for? Was it Elizabeth? Who was it? Anyway, one of the cats had wandered off into the, the cedars, and she was, it was Elizabeth, your favorite cat, Chuck. And she was over in the uh, cedars, and Jessica, I was like looking for Jessica out there because I won't let her go out in the dark without me being out there, too. I don't care. Uh, we're both armed out there, but still, a 45 or 357 is not going to take one of these things down. Just piss them off is all it's going to do. So uh, I was, like, looking for her, and then all of a sudden I hear this voice, I'm over here, I'm over here. And she was on the other side of the fence in the cedars with uh, with your favorite cat, Chuck, Elizabeth, uh, because uh, we decided to take a wander, uh, you know, walkabout in the, the cedars at uh, 10 o'clock at night. So. Anyway, so I told Jessica, I said, get your fanny back over here now. So, <laughs> I was coming. I was like, okay, I got her. coming. I'm telling you, it's blacker and pitch over there at night. So uh, I don't care. We've got two big uh, pole lights out in the back. And it. you get into the cedars, you cannot see a thing, guys. I should go out there and take a picture at night just to show you how dark it is. Make sure you got a flash on just in case. Yeah. Well, I sent pictures of t- to Tom because we've had so much rain here, which is very unusual for us here. And I sent him a picture of uh, what my Maximilian sunflowers and then the regular sunflowers look like here now. And uh, you can't, you can't on one end of the the north end of the barn, you can't even see the barn. I mean, there's no, but that's there, a I mean, you really... see the roof line, but you can't see the the side of the barn. I got to tell you, Forrest, that barn, I don't know if you fully appreciate it. It really is something that belongs in a Norman Rockwell picture. It's uh, it's just very iconic. Um, and it and those flowers, they hid one of the cats because I couldn't see it. I, you know, one of the well, cats was in the middle of the road yeah, when she pointed it out. <laughs> yeah. I just but, put them out uh, in, the, in the thing. Did you see, did you see uh, Zach and did you see Goldie? And he's like, no. I said, go back and, and look at the picture. And sure enough, there they were. And they, they, uh, Zach was actually in the Maximilian sunflowers. And uh, you could just, uh, uh, of course, I reckon we saw barely, him. I could barely make it out. Yeah. I mean, he was right up there with uh, blob squatches. But uh, there he was. So um, I wish you had some sort of night vision uh, pointed at the, uh, you know, at the cedars. We might be able to cook up something for you uh, in that regard. There's, uh, I'm there's working some on that, Tom. cheap ways of making. You're on it? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's... Uh, my phone was working, I would take pictures tonight. Yeah, Jessica's got some kind of feature on her phone, and that's when we sent the picture to you about the, you know, we, it, Tom, I said... Did I send it to you too, Will? I'm sorry. We took a picture right there at the corner where um, the deer crossing sign is. Now, here's what the high strangeness is. It was, what, just two or three days after we had seen that thing out there in the middle of the road? The sign that's been there for 50 years, as far as I know, uh, minus the bullet holes, um, those are just recently, uh, those are recent additions, but... um, um, the sign had been disconnected on the bottom side, and it was turned around completely facing the opposite direction of what it's been facing for years. And I finally, I called DOT like two or three times, and I finally uh, told them to get out here and fix that deer crossing sign. I said, because the deer cross right there from over from Post Oak Farms over into my property, I mean, and they used to come through here in herds. I mean, we have 10, 15, 20 deer all in one group coming through there. They don't come through here like that anymore. 
And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's more people here, you know, building homes and stuff like that uh, around <clears throat> and over there on the other side of Post Oak Farms. But um, the sign had just been completely turned around, and I don't know whether <laughs> humans did that or what did it, but it was disconnected at the bottom, and it was just hanging there, and then it had been flipped around facing the other way. And so they actually came out and fixed it, what, two days ago, three days ago? Yeah, three days ago. Yeah. And uh, and now it's actually back facing the way it's supposed to. But I sent you the picture, and you'll see the back side of the the, uh, the sign. You can see the back side of the sign. But I tried to take a picture, and you could hardly see the sign. And she has this special feature on her phone. I don't know. What, what do you call it? Night. night, night it's a night one. Yeah. It's literally, it takes, it's all night for taking pictures at night. And and it and that's uh, that got the good pictures and then she uh, texted it to me uh, and then I sent it to you because that's where you can actually see the sign in it. On my pictures, you couldn't even see the sign. So um, we tried to get you a, a idea so that you would have some, um, you know, idea of what the circumstances were on the road there. So and we were actually you know a picture is worth a thousand yeah. words. Yeah. No, I, I got those uh, pictures, and it's, it's you know, you get an image in your head when you hear somebody's account, but it, you know, it, it it's different when you get the picture. And I saw the sign, and the question I have is the bullet holes in the sign. Do, do you guys have rednecks out there in Texas? I'd be oh, shocked oh, if oh. you did. <laughs> no, we don't we got those in Oklahoma, too. <laughs> really? Oh man, I tell you. Oh yeah. It's like we have rednecks everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Oh, they're in this part of California um, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I think you guys have them probably too. Um, they're just not as <laughs> out and about at us. It? <laughs> it's like our rednecks are proud of it. Yeah, they. Yeah, Texas rednecks proudly declare they're rednecks. They're not. There's no. Hiding the the evidence at all? They're 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 loud and proud about it. Well, I'm a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally fixed things with duct tape and old windshield wipers. <laughs> well, heck, we did that in the army. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any bailing wire at the time. That would have worked so much better. But I was actually in the military at the time, and I needed to fix a lawnmower. That the handle had broken. Oh, like I needed to use it because we had to, if we didn't cut the grass, we couldn't leave. <laughs> okay, I got some old windshield wipers. There's some duct tape. I literally duct tape the handle back together. There was, so I could... <laughs> there was nothing we couldn't do with, with that with 100, 100 mile an hour tape and comma wire. You could do anything with those two things. <laughs> And parachute cord. Yeah. And parachute cord, right? Well, you know, they never have used duct tape for what it was originally designed for. <laughs> but there's a thousand and one a thousand and one uses for duct tape now. I mean, if you got anything, we're always like, if you got any duct tape, where's the duct tape? <laughs> what made it really funny, though, it was the female that was fixing the stuff, not the three guys. <laughs> it's like literally it's like one female and three guys and the girl's the one that fixed it that was probably from I'm New sorry York guys too. but when the girl is the one fixing it you know that there's something wrong well, that's probably why they wanted you to work to go to, to come to West Point these guys need some direction <laughs> Well, that's interesting. Um, well, the guy, the guys are, you know, in, in arguing in favor of the guys. Well, they're smart. Hey, if she's going to fix it, let her go for it. <laughs> hey, right. I'm going to. Um, we, we're we're running a little short on time, but uh, Chuck, you've got an update for us, and uh, we'd like to hear it. What's uh, tell us what's going on? Okay. Well, um, I told you guys some time ago that that I had some pretty good audio and uh i've got i got two clips for you um give you the background on it 
um, on one of one of the clips I've got was when I went down to the big picket and um, I recorded this. Um, the timestamp on it was about 2 a.m. Uh, I was fast asleep in my pickup at the time uh, and, and woke up an hour later. Uh, something woke me up and that's when the one was looking at my window, um, my passenger window. But this is what I recorded that night, and there's a lot of background noise, and I, I don't know where that background noise came from. Um, I will say that there was, there was about 25 of us on this expedition, and we had campers all around us, too. So there, there was a lot of people in this area, and um, so I don't know if, if that kind of – sounds to me like somebody was playing a radio or something in the background. But um, I'll, I'll play this first. And people who have watched some of my shows back when I was doing shows, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll recognize this because I had this at the, this particular audio uh, I had at the beginning of my show, every show that I did. So some, some people are going to be familiar with it. But um, I'm going to try to play this on here. And hopefully, I think I, I, I told... Uh, course that i enhanced the audio quite a bit so i'm hoping that you guys can hear this and uh if you know if it's not like i told you earlier will uh if you guys want copies of this i, I don't mind giving you a copy of it but um but here here it goes this was this was uh the big thicket uh, i lost my cursor hang on a second uh this was in 2015, that was when I was on my very first expedition. And let's see if I can. Here it goes. y'all hear that yeah we heard it hello okay um that was uh like i said that was in the big ticket 2015 uh the night that i had the window peeper um peeking in my passenger side window and the next one i told you guys about the barred owls and how one of them sounded like a a mad chimpanzee and uh i'll play that for you now it's kind of a short clip too
Okay. That was the other one. Yeah, very interesting, Chuck. Um, yeah, that's um, you know a lot like what uh, Will and I heard. Actually, the entire gang heard two years, two summers ago, uh, up here. So, I guess uh, you know Bigfoot likes uh, they like to mimic owls quite a bit, and they mimic coyotes, uh, amongst other things. Some of the more popular ones. What was that, Tracy? So, what was the, what was the second one? What was it recorded? It was that was recorded in a place called uh, Red Rock Canyon. Uh, it's over by Hinton, Oklahoma. Um, there's a place out there. This, it used to be a state park, but it's not a state park anymore. The state actually sold it to some people, and uh, it's a beautiful place. You you drive down into this canyon. And there's there's plants down there that are you can't even find the certain kind of plant anywhere in the United States. They're like tubes. They're they're it's pretty neat. They're like real tall tubes, and they they have liquid in them, like water and stuff. But um, this this whole area down through there is um, lots of Bigfoot activity. Um, me and Mary Fabian from Pennsylvania Bigfoot, just down the highway uh, south of there is where me and Mary Fabian saw one run behind the casino um, late at night. And uh, But there's, there's all kinds of sightings out there. Um, when I got hit by infrasound, I got hit, hit by infrasound when I was at Red Rock Canyon. And... Uh, that really freaked me out because I, I knew this place like the back of my, my hand. I'd been there so many times and I knew the trails pretty well. And I actually had two other people with me and they were walking behind me. They wanted to see these wood structures that we had found in there. And so I was taking them down the trail, showing them all these structures, um, broad daylight. And, um, all of a sudden I hear a growl and I turned around and I, I asked them, I said, uh, did y'all hear that growl? And they said, yeah, we heard it. And I turned back around to keep walking down the trail and I didn't know where I was. Uh, I didn't know how to get back to camp. I mean, it really, I, I never felt like that before. Uh, especially knowing the area as well as I knew it. Um, we, we ended up having to get GPS to get back to base camp because I, I didn't know which way to go and they didn't know they they had never been there before. And so, um, that was the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me, uh, doing this kind of stuff. And, um, uh, it kind of reminded me a lot of the, the 411 cases of missing people because you get, you hear these reports of some of these missing people and they're, 12, 14 miles away from where they, where they originated from. And, you know, they find their bodies, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I thought that's a good way to be in that kind of situation. If they hit you with infrasound, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, because I, I felt that I felt like, how am I, how am I getting back to camp? I didn't know that I couldn't figure out what trail I was on. I didn't know which direction to go. I mean, it really, um, it really kind of scared me a little bit. I'd never felt like that before. Um, but that whole area down there is just, I mean, there's been a lot of sightings down there, a lot of sightings. And, um, uh, the place that I go to down there quite a bit is the place is called purgatory. And that is uh, kind of in between Binger, Oklahoma, and Anadarko. And uh, the townspeople of Binger actually named it Purgatory. Um, it's That's not really – it's nothing but a dirt road out in the middle of nowhere. But it's, uh, it's a pretty spooky place to go, especially in the middle of the night. And I actually had a sighting down there um, 
one day I was driving through there, me and another person. And so the two of us saw it, it was coming up the dirt road. And when it saw us, it, it jumped about a five to a six foot, uh, up above us onto the bank and went up into the tree line and, uh, found tracks out there. You can find tracks out there on a pretty regular basis if you go go out there enough. But um, a lot of activity down there. A lot of activity. Hey, Chuck, quick question. Um, yes, sir. I want to back up a little bit to the owl sounds. Uh, Will and I were just mm-hmm. kind of uh, texting back and forth, and we thought a little – it sounded maybe a little bit like uh, chimp uh whoops or hoots as well what are can you elaborate on that or what do you think well and that was that was a pretty interesting night um there was three of us out there camping that night and when the bar started um there was just two of them and these two were i'm, I'm sure it was a male and a female because Bard owls don't congregate in large numbers. They just don't. That's not when it, when it's time to breed, that's when they're most active, but you, you never find like nine or 10 of them in a group. Um, but there were two of them at the time. There were two of them that were calling back and forth and we were actually sitting at a picnic table listening to them. And, um, I noticed that when, all of a sudden there was like a, a third one that come in and the third one did sound a little bit different from the other two. And I just, we just kept listening. And, um, all of a sudden we get the last one there at the end. That's when it sounded like a chimpanzee, like it was mad. And, um, we all just, I think our eyes just about bugged out of our heads when, when we heard that because, uh, I, that's not the only time I've heard that sound. Uh, when I was in the big thicket, I heard, I heard one like that sounded like a mad chimp. Um, but they were, they were actually doing a, a call like a barred owl. It started out as a barred owl and then it, it changed to that other pitch. And, um, you know, it's, it was kind of weird. Um, and we just kind of sit back and just waited to see if something else was going to happen. But right after that, right after that one squealed like a mad chimp, uh, everything got quiet. I think the other two barred owls took off. Uh, they didn't want no part of that, but, um, we never did have anything else happen that night. Um, but I, you know, I've, I've had some experiences down there. I did something really stupid one night. I, uh, I had a big, um, amplifier and I, uh, I had been told not to ever use the, the, uh, Ohio siren call. And just for, just for giggles, I decided, you know what, I'm going to play that, the, the Ohio how. And, uh, I turned on my amp and turned on my, my, deal and and i played that call and almost instantly and this this was in the same area almost instantly the guy that was with me had a a parabolic mic and he started saying i'm hearing footsteps i'm hearing footsteps and um the park was full which i should have never ever used the siren call especially in an in an area where there's a lot of people there and there was a lot of people there and camping that night and this was dark and when i played it and so this guy that was with me he takes off running where he's hearing the footsteps and i'm standing in front of my tent and i'm looking the opposite direction and all of a sudden i see a bigfoot get behind a tree and he's peeking around the tree at me and i hit him with my night vision and his his eyes lit up and um when when i hit him with my night vision he'd get behind the tree and then he'd peek on the other side of the tree and look at me from that direction 
and I'd put my night vision back on him, he'd go back the other way. And that went on for a little bit. Uh, we played peekaboo with each other for a little while. And then all of a sudden, the guy that was with me, he comes running because he could tell I was, I was seeing something. And he come running up there and was hollering at me, hey, what, what do you got? What do you got? And um, when he did that, this thing took off like a bullet and was gone. Um, but the interesting thing that night, about 3 o'clock in the morning, they have these big dumpsters in the park. And uh, about 3 o'clock in the morning, we start hearing dumpster lids opening and shutting. And there's probably 20 or 30 feet in between the dumpsters. And you could tell it was walking down each one of those dumpsters, opening up the lids to see if he could find food. He'd shut the lid and go to the next one. And he, it was like a straight line down the dumpsters. And so we, we had a lot of activity that night when, when that was going on. But there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff down there in that area. And, uh, lots of stories from other people that I've heard. Um, it's just a, a really active area. Well, Chuck, that's uh, very interesting. And, uh, that's a, that's a interesting update. So, um, I think we're running up against our time limit here. So I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. But before I do that, I want to hear from everybody in the group. So, uh, Jessica, Forrest, Will, Chuck, Tracy. Uh, we'll just go around the table here. And uh, and David, any last thoughts? Any uh, ideas, thoughts, comments? I want to apologize for being too quiet today. I've, I've been sick at my stomach since I got up this morning, so I'm just really not feeling too good, just trying to keep up with everybody right now, so. Well, Tracy, get better and uh, try some of that hot sauce. That might take care of that stomach problem. You never know. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I already have. <laughs> That's sweet. It's bad today. <laughs> okay. Well, well, get better, buddy. And uh, yes, sir. For, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, Forrest, you're next. Uh, any thoughts, comments? Well, no. I think it's just been rather interesting. Um, uh, Jessica's already gone inside to feed horses, so she's got to go to work the, this afternoon. So she was, she's already left. She's gone outside to feed the horses, so um, she won't have any comments. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, you know, it's like a, an ever-changing uh, situation with these guys, and uh, it's, uh, uh, I don't know, it seems to be evolving. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but uh, um, anyway. It's it's interesting. No, I, I agree entirely. I really do. And this has been an interesting episode. Um, okay, so uh, Chuck, any thoughts or comments? Well, um, I can relate to Forrest because uh, there, there were many nights when I was on the phone with her and uh, heard a lot of the stuff that was going on there. And, um, you know, I... I appreciate her and what she does, and, um, you know, it was a good show, great show. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Thank you. David, thoughts, comments? Yeah, I was just wondering, Forrest, whenever you feed the cats and the raccoons at night, uh, how soon after that do the Sasquatch come around? I was just wondering if they might be smelling that cat food and coming to investigate. Well, I put we put the cat food out uh, at the back. It's dry cat food. We don't ever put uh, soft food out. Uh, we put uh, soft food out about uh, between 730 and 8, 730 to 830, let me say, anywhere in, in uh, because last night we had a storm coming in, so I actually put them up uh, about 730. But I put soft food in the um, the the cat house to get them all to come in. And then the ones that stay outside, I don't put soft food out back there because uh, I don't want to draw every kind of varmint in the world up here on my back porch. So uh, I just put dry food out. And um, the raccoons come up nightly and eat. And so 
I usually, uh, as soon as I get through with putting the cats up in the, the cat house, then I come around and put the hard food out and their, their pans at the back. And there's two pans. So, and then the four cats stay out up here at the house. And like I said, Tex has now started going to the, to the barn. And of course, we keep feeders down at the barn too. So, uh, and we've locked the barn up. So, uh, only small animals can get in the barn now. Okay. So. All right. Uh, Will, thoughts, comments? What do you think? I thought it was great having another perspective. You know, Forrest tells us, uh, uh, you know, about updates regularly. And uh, it's good having another person's perspective, you know, so people can understand what's going on there. Will, I have to agree 100%. It's absolutely... Uh, it validates when you have two witnesses. You know, if you have one witness, that's probably 90% of our counters and stories. But uh, it's I really appreciate having two witnesses. You get two sides of the story and you have two people who have seen the same situation. So uh, get more, I thought we had a great show today. And you get more information that way, too. Yes, yes, you do. Absolutely. Okay, um, so I think that that's it for now, and I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. And I want to thank everybody. I want to thank all of our guests for being on today, and uh, I want to thank our audience for tuning in. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Creek Devil. If you or anyone you know has had an encounter with these creatures, please contact us at williamjevning at yahoo.com. That's William, J-E-V-N-I-N-G, at yahoo.com. All communication is confidential. Join us for another program next week. And until then, keep your eyes open out there. <laughs>